0: Before we get to the podcast, I just wanted to let everyone know about Fight Game Media Network Plus. If you enjoy what you're about to listen to on the Fight Game Media Network, check out our Patreon at patreon.com front slash fight game media. We have three specific Patreon only shows and we'll soon have monthly bonus content from the show you're listening to right now. And it's only five bucks a month. So if you want to support your favorite podcasts on the network, go to patreon.com front slash fight game media, and you'll get more content than you can shake a stick at.
1: Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, right here on the new Fight Game Media Network podcast feed. Of course, this show was on the Fight Game Media Network Patreon, but now it's going to come to you free, and I'm excited about bringing this to, to the masses and to talk about some good wrestling. Now, if you haven't heard this show before, I cover... Um, Promotions, not necessarily covered, but, uh, you know, everyone sees the key covering WWE, AEW, of course. Those are the big two in here in the U.S., but I'll I'll touch on, well, I used to touch on Ring of Honor in the past, but, of course, we know that's going away, but I will be covering Final Battle, their last pay-per-view. I talk uh, a little WWE when it comes to, like, NXT UK, uh, you know, the brand I feel is, you know, puts on the best wrestling show of all the brands right now. And uh, I'll talk about some various indies I'll see, some matches I watch, some classic matches I watch as well. And every once in a while, I'll have a special... topic it will just be match reviews like like uh last week I talked about the WWE releases of the they just recently had and broke that down and that was really well received by a lot of people so thank you for listening to that and on this episode I'm going to keep it going with another special episode I'm going to talk about NXT 2.0 and specifically talk about the new cast of characters that came with this new launch or in my opinion just a a reset a hard reset and that has been the big issue for me um if you listen to gary gonzalez and myself on the fight game media podcast on the wrestling observer network uh we cover uh both nxt 2.0 and we cover AEW dynamite of course we cover a little bit different we don't go match by match segment by segment and give our thoughts we give our likes and dislikes of the show and you know I I really liked NXT before I really enjoyed that show even Garrett really enjoyed that show as well um, it was a good wrestling show they've had some goofiness and some gaga but overall it was a really solid simply uh, a very, you know it was a solid show simply booked um, a lot of great talent and really good matches so but, you know, once they once these releases started happening, I'm talking about before this most recent group, you know, Bronson Reed's, that was a real bummer for me because I really, I thought they did a great job building his character, building him up as this, you know, one of the faces of that NXT brand. And then, you know, all of a sudden they cut him just out of the blue. Um, and then, you know, the recent, the recent releases again, you know, of course, there's a lot of main roster people. There's a few NXT people, but you know it just it's just been a real bummer and and i really think that's you know they they had they they weren't happy about the old regime they weren't happy about the old show it's not getting it done so we're going to do a whole reset and we're going to bring in all these new characters younger younger wrestlers and to me that was just a bad move especially doing a hard reset now i was to, i'm totally cool with the whole you know color scheme i actually thought it was cool all the all the colors they did um the new logo i i enjoyed it it's different you know the, you know NXT logo needed a definitely needed a change and um and also i thought the you know the performance center or the cwc excuse me i thought that needed a change cuz it was really dark i didn't like the setup of cwc with of course you know they had the thunderdome stuff during the pandemic which is totally understandable they they did what they had to do but when they started letting fans in in the building, and, and they're behind that chain link fence, that black chain link fence, you can barely see the fans. I like the how it's open and how they you can see the audience, and it it adds to the matches and and you know I like you know because you know I, like, I enjoy watching people having a good time at a wrestling event, and it and if it's a good match and they're jumping up and they're clapping, it just adds to the atmosphere. So, um, I I enjoyed that change, and I thought that was a great move. But the hard reset of just totally dropping people, releasing people, and just throwing all these new cast of characters at us at once, it's just been so counterproductive because you throw so much out there, no one gets over, right? There's only been one or two guys getting over, and one is uh, slipping far, far away from getting over after such a hard start. Um, you know, Of course, the guy that's getting over is Braun Breaker and I'm not going to talk about how I would book him here. I think they're doing a great job at how they're booking him here. The only thing, I, of course, I would do, and what everyone else says is the name, right? Braun Breaker is just not a good name. Rex Steiner was perfect, but, you know, the do legal of W not owning a name, Steiner, and, but it's, come on, W had the money to easily pay whoever owns it, Rick or Scott, um, I think both do. They could easily paid whatever the, whatever the price was to get that you know, for, for Rex Steiner, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense, but whatever. But, you know, he's such so, such a talent. He's such a blue chipper. One of the best young rookies to come up in a very long time, a natural, right. And he, of course he started football first. I think he got hurt. Didn't, you know, didn't make the NFL roster. So he turned to pro wrestling and he's been around the business for a while with his dad and his uncle. And, you know, and I heard when he was, you know i heard good things about him and um just to watch out for him and sure enough man even more than i was expecting you know built like his dad talks like built like his dad talks like his uncle has the charisma of his uncle and his dad too like it all it's a just a mix of both of them and he's been a lot of fun to watch and i i, I enjoy this what they're doing with him and and i my guess is he'll be <laughs> he's definitely going to the royal rumble he's going to be one of those surprise entrants and uh, we'll see if he sticks around NXT 2.0. But I would hope he wins the championship sometime in the in the near future. I don't know if it's going to be at the War Games show. It's going to be on December 10th, I believe. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what's his future. I think there's a fast track for him to go to the main roster. And, you know, talk about the main roster and NXT call-ups. When it comes to the whole quote-unquote war between AEW Dynamite and NXT... You know, NXT had a had a tough road on their own. Now, granted, think about this. They had this machine behind them. But but the machine failed NXT way before AEW came around, right? Fans who watched NXT in 2017, 18, you know, when they're really just on fire. All these guys, Undisputed Era, uh, the women, it just, you know, just it was such a hot brand. And when people got called up, certain people, some people got pushed right away Kevin Owens, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks. But a lot of people get called up and they're not even on TV on the main roster. They're just just floundering. We have to like re repay their dues or earn their spot and it's and honestly a lot of fans lost faith in nxt it's like why why waste the time like i you know why what, what it's not you know the fans who love the revival and american alpha and they watch those great tag team matches between those two teams and they get called in the main roster You're like okay great these two teams are going to continue their success in the main roster, fresh, young, talented, and it's start and stop, right? And I think you know American Alpha didn't really get off the ground like as much. Like they they did some stuff, but nothing to really stand out. And they were a great freaking team. Uh, the revival, great freaking team. I know they had a couple runs of the tag titles, but like it was nothing. You know, what I mean, it wasn't focused on. It wasn't because they were a main event level team. If they really you know the if W really got behind them they would have been you know they would have probably been at the team that draws because you know uh you know Dax Harwood he can talk Cash Wheeler's a, you know, just are just a tremendous team and it was wasted AOP I know uh one of them got hurt and that kind of stopped what they're doing and but you know a lot of people I know a lot of the quote unquote uh, smarter fans are really like oh you know they're you know yeah they're not revival that's not their. That's not their role. They're not trying to be revival. They were just two badasses, and I, I, I dug that. I dug a big Smash Mouth tag team. They looked badass. They came out, and there's not, there's no, there's no need that there's no. They should have been just nothing for these guys. It should have been a quick get them over, smash them over, and be a badass tag team. Um, insanity. A great group on NXT, a great trio, and um, and you had Nikki Cross with them, and she was just tremendous with that group, and and they, of course hit. Uh, sorry, excuse me, I'm gonna leave to that in a second, but Sandy gets called up, and they hold off Nikki Cross. And Sandy goes up to the main roster, and they do nothing with them. Nothing else. Like, how can you do nothing with this group? This group is so cool, so interesting. And, you know, taking Nikki across from away Yeah, it did hurt them, but that but that was your call. And the same thing now. They, they called up Hit Row during the big draft. You know, Hit Row got called up. I thought they shouldn't have got called up this soon. They had a lot more to do on NXT UK. They still had a lot more to do to, to perfect their act, though their act was – really good and all all three of four members had really good chemistry so they call up hit row all four of them b fab uh, ashanti adonis uh top dollar and of course swerve scott and as we all know when this last round of well not last i think there's more rounds of releases sadly this most recent round of releases came they cut b fab and I explained last week on the podcast, on the Patreon, you know, B-Fab, she had that one match in NXT and it was really bad. She was not ready for television at all. Not ready to have a match on television. But as a valet, slash manager, whatever you want to label it, you know, she added to that group. She was the binder to that group. She added the flair, the sizzle. Um, you know, yeah, she 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 caught your eye. She's an attractive woman. She's a beautiful woman. But, you know, she did also didn't take away from the other guys. She just just it, it the group was perfect. And they all had like I said the chemistry and you believe that they were a crew. You believe that these these four individuals hung out with each other. It's not like the inner circle in AW, you know. Um, I just don't believe none of those guys hang out with each other. Maybe maybe Jericho and Hater, but I don't I, you know, it just it, it didn't seem like uh, doesn't seem like a group that would you know hangs out together. So, but Hit Row did you felt them. the crew you felt what they were what they were selling, and they take B-Fab away. And I did see the clip of Hit Row, you know, first appearance without B-Fab. and it's, it's with Sammy Zane did some sh- comedy sh- Gaga stuff with them, and right away I'm like, okay, Hit Row is destined for the mid card, unfortunately, and. As a group, they could have been eventually a main event talent. I wouldn't rush them there yet, but, you know, give them six to eight months, you know. And I just don't understand why you're cutting the legs off that group when, you know, you're trying to appeal to younger audience. And this is a group that could have uh, appeal to that younger audience. So, so the, again, another example, a most recent example of, okay, fans of NXT, Just getting really uh invested in hit row and now that and being excited to move the main roster and you cut one of the most i don't you know you cut the the glue to the team and and so i hope they can overcome it because i like all three of those guys i think ashanti adonis is just a you know he's a really good young talent top dollar i i like his personality i like his size um so, I, you know, I'm rooting for, root for him. And I always like sort of Scott, uh, you know, on the, you know, Strange Strictly on the Indies. I I enjoyed his work there, especially in MLW when he was a heel. I thought he did a great job. Um, so, and I think he would do a great job in WWE if, if they get behind him. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, you know, I want to talk about this, you know, this latest cast of characters in NXT 2.0. And it's it's just so interesting to me like i said earlier they're they're just they're just throwing so much at the fan base and honestly they're running off a lot not because of this talent but like doing a hard reset people are just throwing their arms the loyal followers of nxt i think are, are throwing their arms there and then the ratings are going down they're getting back to what you know the previous regime was doing um or you know i guess maybe the demo was up a little bit but I mean, they're all in that same range, so this new talent versus the old talent doesn't make no difference. And that's what I'm saying. It's not it's it wasn't it wasn't what the old regime is doing, it's not what this new regime is doing. It's the fact that years before, like I said, the war, quote unquote, again, it was a fact that people already started losing faith in NXT because they knew once they got called up their their favorites, it was a a. 80 percent chance, that, you know, main roster was not going to do anything with them. I mean, how do you not do? I mean, EC three is not the the greatest, but he's a personality. He's perfect for main roster. And how do you just not come up for that guy to do than sit in catering or you know a couple of main event shows on the Peacock network, which you know no one's watching. So I don't know. It's very frustrating. So okay, let's dive into this group, but I'm, I'm going to cover a couple. Like I said, I covered Braun Breaker earlier, just kind of gave my thoughts, and, you know, they're doing what they're doing great. Another guy quickly I want to talk about is Tony D'Angelo. Now, they started off doing this correctly with him, and um it was funny. Garrett was like against, he didn't like these vignettes that, and he didn't like the, uh, the over-the-top Italian character. You know, to me, as a blood Italian, I wasn't offended by it. I thought it was, it, oh, that was hilarious, but to me, it reminded me of, when Razor Ramon was coming into the WWF in 1992 and yeah right away because I watched WSW before I'm like wait a second that's a diamond stud right it took me a while it took me a while to figure out he was Scott Hall you know and 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 when I when I first saw Scott Hall was 1989 in the NWA slash WSW so I remember like why is the Diamond Stud talking in this accent? And at first, it, I just didn't like it. But then, like they kept showing vignettes for weeks and weeks, and eventually, you know, I I was starting to enjoy it. And then he debuted, and the WWE fans who maybe didn't see him as the Diamond Stud in WCW, seeing him as just Razor Ramon for the first time, like he really got over with that fan base. Um, you know, he was a cool heel that fans are starting to get behind. He did a lot of cool moves and had a great look and. You know, eventually he turned to Bayface and he was one of the bigger stars of that, uh, you know, new generation era. And, of course, ended up being a a, a, a superstar in the in the Monday Night War era. So, um, you know, Tony D'Angelo was on that path, like, you know, because of their showing the vignettes, I think, for like three to four weeks. And so once he debuted and he won his get over match, like, it was the fans loved him. You know, they're into him. They, they... You know, they got his character as simple as it is, you know, the Italian the, the guy from Jersey or, or wherever he's from, New York. And, you know, he's an amateur wrestler and he has some skills. He also does some dirty, you know, he, he, he collects debts for his family. You know, it's it just, I mean, it's total sh- stuff out of, you know, 80s and 90s, you know, WWF. But it worked. And he made his debut. Um his get over match wasn't the kind of get over match I would have booked him in because I thought he sold too much. And that's funny because the next week he had a the correct get over match was he just destroyed his opponent. Um but anyways fans were liking him, fans were digging him. And then for some damn reason, they start they put him now with Lash Legend, and had a, had him appear on her her Ellen de like talk show. And just really took the steam out of the guy. And this poor guy within like, what, six weeks is now, man, he has a lot to recover from this. This has been bad stuff. And last week, bad stuff. It's like, dude, just get him over. have him win matches. have him cut promos. People are digging him. Why are you? Why do you need to do this with this guy? And that's the problem with, you know, you know, this new regime which is just just the raw and slash smackdown regime of now overseeing the nxt and they're just you know what triple h and his team did which what i liked was that nxt felt different than the main roster and you need that variety right like that that it's it's good that that was the idea raw and smackdown supposed to feel totally different but they don't um and then NXT was supposed to be totally different. And it was. And that's what I, I liked about it. Um, it was a very in a lot of ways, a very old school, um, old school format. And and so I was digging that and this this old I love when I was a kid growing up, when they introduced a new character, no matter it was Savannah Jack or or Razor Ramon, like You know, when you do these vignettes and you introduce these characters, you get invested and you want to see them wrestle. And that's what they should have done with all this talent that they were going to feature, this new brand talent. But the problem was with the hard reset, they did it all at once. And like I said, no one got over. If they would have done a slow transition, change, change the colors, brighten the building, but still have the same roster and then maybe introduce a new character or two, and then I, over a few more months, you introduce some more new characters. You know, I just I don't understand why they just had to like it's going to be new, boom, and and yeah, it 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 popped the rating. It, it got I think they did over seven hundred thousand, um, almost eight hundred thousand, I think it was or close to it for that curiosity rating for the debut show. That's all it was is curiosity. People checked it out. Some people stayed a little more, but now they're back to normal, back to where it was, and I honestly, I can see it dropping even further, because this show, this NXT 2.0, unfortunately, is just a really bad show, and they have some good, young talent, interesting talent, but they're just not being presented in a way that's gonna get them over. Hey, Combat Sports fans, if you're a Facebook user,
0: check out our Facebook group, there are daily discussions relating to pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. And to be honest, we can use more MMA and boxing fans. We have two rules and two rules only: no hate speech and no trolling. Thus, as you can imagine, it's one of the better places to talk combat sports on the
1: internet. The link is in the show notes. Um, the first guy on my list is Zion Quinn. Um, I I thought they were doing a good job with him right off the bat. You know, have him win, win quick get over matches uh you know with a hit his finisher like a goldberg s type of debut that he he didn't cut promos he was just you know i think they had some you know video packages of him and i know they did a thing where he kind of op- you know kind of opened the door for some hot chicks and told the dude that was being an asshole to back up you know okay he's the cool good looking guy right but he he didn't talk and cut a long promo so he didn't he you know he wasn't exposed there um but you know okay keep it going keep it going like make him a man of mystery like Goldberg was like it doesn't happen that wasn't that long ago when Goldberg you know debuted in 1997 like just look at that what they did there and continue to do that thing and finally someone interviews him and and you know he's Australian Australian have that cool accent he seems like he's not the best promo, but I think he could have got away with, you know, with that promo and that look. I think if he, you know, I think if he kept it short, he would get over and intense. He would get over, and <laughs> he, and they had him do karaoke with Robert Stone. Just one of the worst segments of wrestling I've ever seen in my life, and I've been watching for a very long time. And I was embarrassed to watch this. I was just praying my wife didn't walk in the room when I was watching this. I was, I'm afraid my kids would have seen me. I know my daughter, Chloe, she's six years old, but I don't think she would be entertained by this. Um, It was just really bad. And they continue this deal now with Electra Lopez of Legada, Fanta. she, La, La, Legada de Fantasma. She is like you know into him and wants him to join the group of course he doesn't and they do this stupid dance thing but then he gets jumped by Joaquin Phoenix and Rob Mendoza fuck man it's just not good not good at all smash him over make him a man of mystery then maybe have a guy like Robert Stone who wants to sign him and and make him part of the Part of the uh, his group, and he's a total goofball, and won't take no for an answer. Finally, you know, Robert he smashes Robert Stone, and then Robert Stone sends some heels after him. He smashes those people, give him a nice little early feud, and then eventually keep him undefeated. And eventually, as Braun Breaker is undefeated, and eventually the champion. Now you build to this big match of these Titans, right? These undefeated Titans, and that. That should sell. That should get over. It's simple, but simple works, and it always, always works in pro wrestling. Everyone's trying to reinvent the wheel, but it's not. It's you know, you book two guys on their way up, or you know, two tag teams on their way up, two female wrestlers on their way up, and they finally collide, and you want people to see it because they want to see it. What's gonna happen if Zion Quinn? Wrestles, Braun Breakers. He's smashing people. That guy's smashing people. Who's gonna who's gonna smash who? I wanna see it. It's simple. I just I don't understand. It's I I swear, I swear that what's happening is that the main roster writers have get on NXT two point, get to do all the stuff that Vince has just given thumbs down to or you know, they try it over there. If it gets over, we'll we'll do it. You know, and now they're just coming up with this this goofiness, and it's been just just hard to watch, and especially you know, like I said, especially for me who enjoyed the previous product, and there's nothing wrong with it, and what they could have used is hey. Some convincing from the main, like, how's it, how, like I said, how the fans are gonna get behind NXT when Keith Lee goes up and they do nothing with him, even after he got over on the main roster Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, as I explained on last week's episode, it's just, just so hard for that crew of talent to get over, you know, and to, because like, and also, what, we saw commercial advertisement on Raw, that was it. That's not going to sell anyone. People fast forward commercials. Same thing with NXT UK. They get a commercial on NXT 2.0, but people are fast forwarding through commercials, right? And it's unfortunate because NXT UK has a really great roster and regular really talent, and they're having great shows. And you know, it's only like a select few, a really select few, is watching it, and you know, more should watch it because it's great wrestling. Um, next on my list is Von Wagner. And Von Wagner is a guy that Vince was one of the guys that Vince really saw something in when I like, get apparently when he came around for the tour of the PC and and you know, watching some of the talent that's been been there and haven't hasn't debuted on television yet. And Von Wagner is one that stood out to him. And you can see why. His size, a unique look with the I'm not 100% sure if he has that giantism or had that giantism disease, but, you know, with the protruding forehead and the jaw, I don't know. It just looks like he did. So, um, but I think he has a great look, you know. I think he can add to it his gear a little bit, maybe his hair. Sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's blonde. It's like, dude, like pick a color and, you know, but I think, you know, he has some tools. His problem is zero charisma. And every time they give him opportunity to do a promo, it's just very rehearsed and very dry and no conviction in his voice. And it's like, yeah, Kyle, let's do it. And it's just, it's not working that way. Now, can he still get over with that lack of charisma? I say yes. Now, I'm going a, I'm to a group these three individuals together. Von Wagner... Grayson Waller and Trick Williams. Okay. Now, Trick Williams, we know, is with uh, Carmella Hayes and their heels. Um, and of course, Grayson Waller's a baby face. Maybe. We don't know. Sometimes he's a baby face. Sometimes he comes off like you just want to slap him. So I don't know what they're doing to do with him. Either way, it's not getting over at all. Um, but I saw Grayson Waller when he was, God, I forget his first name but his last name was maddie Wahlberg or something like that right in australia and he came out and had his entourage of goofballs kind of like no way jose did and and um it was it was polarizing a lot more than no way jose like no way jose was like after like twice you see the conga line you're it's so it's it's over right same with with adam rose same deal and but but this Wall came out with that like attitude and he just like he he looked like an annoying youtuber that you want to see his get his ass kicked like a logan paul is now in boxing people are paying money to see logan paul and jake paul these youtubers get their ass kicked by these ma fighters right but they're not they're winning these boxing matches because they're better boxers than these ma fighters that they're fighting so but that that's that's the hook is like people hate them they made their money doing nothing apparently you know youtubers you know god bless them that they are making money i don't have nothing against youtubers trust me but i'm saying that they're making money a lot of people have heat against they want they want to see these 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 people fail right so how always start that's how you should have pushed Grayson Waller as this social media guy who's, you know, this YouTuber who's just, you know, all about the parties, all about the women, all about anybody's a wrestler and he gets the job done and he's just annoying. And like for his vignettes, it would be all about parties at his house, hot women in there, in the pool, etc. you know, talking trash. But I would have him flanked. By Trick Williams and Von Wagner. And Trick Williams can do his same shtick that he does with Carmelo Hayes. The fast talking promo. The hype man. He's the hype man. He's hyping up Grayson Waller. You know. He's that. He's A number one in the frat with Grayson Waller. Right. Like he's the one that talks up his man. I would never let Trick Williams in the ring because he's just not ready to wrestle. But as this hype man, he'd be perfect. And Von Wagner is the bodyguard. He's the muscle. You know, he's the one that always, always bails out Grayson Waller out of every situation. He's maybe, he's the one that always wins matches for Grayson Waller. Trick Williams distracts a referee or some other stooge distracts a referee. Von Wagner gets involved and gets, gets a big move and, and, Grayson Waller wins, right? And Grayson Waller will should never ever have any respect for Von Wagner, right? I mean, he shouldn't be, it shouldn't be right off the bat, but you could just tell that he is using this dude who is, you know, just a a big lug. But like you eventually make him a lovable lug. And with his lack of charisma, his lack of promo skills you give him one lines like and i am groot from guardians of the galaxy i know this sounds crazy but hear me out like grayson Walder in promos with trick williams they're talking and they always kind of feed something to von wagner and he's just like yeah cool you know mm-hmm. like you know he's just net he's given one little quick little responses and it just get, becomes like a gag but a funny gag that's kind of funny even Grayson walker always either like you know like you can ask her some some kind of like advice or some kind of like feedback and 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 you know vomar was like hmm yeah could work like so there's something quick and Grayson walker just take it like oh man the greatest advice in the world or something whatever you can have fun with it but the key is to make Grayson Waller so hated, make Trick Williams so annoying as well that you know their heat feeds together but eventually you just want you know Von Wagner to eventually just break away from this guy cuz he's being taken advantage of. And you know it's it's simple booking. It's you know with Grayson Waller, I would also add maybe a female talent to the group too as well who kind of like maybe sympathizes with von wagner doesn't like that grayson kind of uses him and abuses him or or takes advantage of him you could do so many cool stuff with this with this group right and the i think grayson waller has a lot of potential as a character this is i think very charismatic guy I, granted a ring he has some flaws but you you, you protect him with people he works that are good and you don't get rid of them like they did like why are you getting rid of guys that could just have a good match with these these green kids and 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 make them get him through a match and make them look good you, you cut these veteran talent and they're they're very valuable so, and if you really want to get this younger crew, like who's going to get them over? Like not another green person is not going to get them over because no one knows what to do and what they're doing. So you need leadership in the ring, not just the coaches. They have great coaches. They're a great system. But when it comes to in ring, like the coaches can only tell them so much is they have to do it. But when they have to have good dance partners too, people to lead them, you know, and, and all good workers had good people to learn from right in the ring. So, Ah. It's a very frustrating system now. It was a good system before, I thought, but now it's a, it's a, it's, I feel bad for these guys, right? I feel bad for the Von Wagner's, the Braun Breakers, the Tony D'Angelo's, um, even a Trick Williams. Like, you know, I, I don't think he should be on TV. Yeah, he's long go. but like, if he had guys he can work with and learn from, he, you know, it, it would help speed him along. So I don't know. It's, it, is going to be a tough road, but that's what I see for Grayson Waller, Von Wagner, Trick Williams. I think they should be as a group. Like I said, with another female talent, I don't know. There's a lot of women there they could have put with. You know, I think it. I think it would work. I think it would be a very entertaining group. I think Grayson Wall would be a, a really good heel that you honestly see get his face just smacked off. And t- I know people are thinking like, why would you take Trick Williams from Carmel Hayes? But Carmel Hayes. Carmelo Hayes is miscast as a heel. I think he has potential as a babyface. The crowd likes him, wants to cheer him as a babyface, but all of a sudden he did this quick 180 heel turn on him. Fans said, okay, you're turning a heel, but we're still going to like you. Um, and Carmelo Hayes, I think he has some good lines in his promo, but I just don't believe him when he's top, when he's being a heel. I, don't believe, I can believe him as a babyface. So. I would like to see... You know, I wish they. We can't go back, but that's what I would have done. Carmelo Hayes kept him as babyface because he's getting over with that audience, and I was like, you know, an up and coming babyface. So, next on my list is Briggs and Jensen. Josh Briggs, of course, we saw him on television already. I thought he looked really good. You know, really understands how to sell like a big man, and I, you know, he's a he's a good he's a good talent, and putting. Uh, you know Jensen with him. I, th- I thought it was a good idea. You know Jensen's you know like twenty years old or twenty one. Son of Bobby Cannon has his dad's size when it comes to the height. He's gonna fill out, right? He you know he's just a baby. Um, he's gonna get better. And they started off. I thought really well with them um, as as the um, you know the great vignette. I thought of them in a bar had an issue in the bar. They started fighting. And after the fight, they had respect for each other, had a beer together, and they said, you know what? Let's be a tag team. And I thought that was great. And I thought it made sense how the, you know, because nowadays with the phones and the you know, the, the camera footage and the, the security footage, like, yeah, if they had a fight in a bar, there'd be multiple cameras and multiple shots and people would capture. And then what they did, they use, you know, the bar camera, the security footage, and he used people's cell phone footage. It was great. And then after that, they lost like in a week. (laughs) It's like, uh, this could have been a fun team. And if they would have pushed them, if they would have got them over, give them six weeks, beating jobbers, you know, simple. And they could have been just like, a younger version of APA. I know they don't have the, they wouldn't have the credibility of the, you know, of Bradshaw and, you know, Farouk at the time, Ron Simmons, they would have to earn it because they're new and fresh, but they could, they could definitely earn it. They could definitely get over if you do it right. And it's all simple booking guys. It's, it's really is. And I know you're thinking like, whoa, whoa. if me you listen to the show for the first time and I'm sorry, I should probably should have let off of my history. You know, I booked for all for wrestling here in the Bay Area and I had my own personal premiere and you know I had I have, I have experience booking, booking talent, you know, and helping people. I know I hate talking about this, but you know, he's brought it up and he always gives me he always gives me my 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 do on it, like you know, helping Jeff Cobb, you know, out in his early in his career. And, you know, I don't know, I just don't like talking about it. But anyways, you know, I've had experience working with top level talent and featuring him, giving opportunities, and booking him correctly to have them get over, in my opinion. So, um, and so this is, you know, this is not just me armchair quarterbacking it, you know. I think these guys, this is how I feel. It's, to me, it's simple. When I booked, I always kept it simple. That's what I learned from studying pro wrestling, studying, like, you know, the St. Louis Territory with Sam Mushnick and, you know, Larry Matisick was a huge influence on me. The St. Louis Territory is a huge influence on me. And, you know, this one book I always called my Processing Bible, Resting at the Chase with Larry Matisick, it was just a just helped me out so much. When I eventually started booking, I was once I got the book, I had all these ideas, but when I started putting putting papers like blank and I blanked out and I was nervous and it might be a backup what I say and you know just read rereading that book. Just keep it simple, stupid. That's what you do in booking. And like I said, people want to reinvent the wheel and it's just it's just so frustrating. So Jensen and Briggs, smash them over, get them over, squash matches, promos. It's simple. It is simple. And especially when now that they're on Tuesdays, there's no competition. To try to you know compete with AW to have some good matches, they're good match. You have now you can take a breath and now you can be like okay, let's get people over and you really play the long game with talent instead of just starting like okay, we gotta do this match. I'm lose and now once they lose, you lose face. They're, they're so new they shouldn't lose yet, right? Razor Ramon when he debuted in 1992 didn't lose for a very long time. I think his first loss and it was on television. I'm, I don't know about the house show circuit, but. You know what mattered to me was television because that's what I watched, and what most fans watched. His first loss was to the world champion Bret Hart, right? But he had a good match, and at the end of the day, he still got over enough So it didn't hurt him, and fans really got behind him. What you know—that's what you do. That's how you do it. So, with all this talent, this is what you need to do: is just get them over. Duke (laughs) Hudson—he's another. Polarizing guy in our podcast because Garrett, like just he wasn't a really fan of him, but I see Duke Hudson as a star. Look at that guy's size, look at that guy's look, look at his charisma, that swagger, that cocky, arrogant, that face you just want to slap. And he could be the modern day Ravcherick Rude. A lot of guys try to be that, and they try with him, you know, be him, but this guy could do it because you believe he's a cocky asshole, you know, he just oozes that cockiness, the guy who walks in the building, a great posture, and you know, you just want to like, oh, look at this guy, just thinks he's the best, that, you look, and he's looking, literally looking down on everyone, right, like, because he's so tall, but that's the guy, you know, he's like people that, he's the people that you judge right away, you think he's an asshole, it might not be, you know, but you know, like one of those people that you see that come to be like, ah, oh, like I guess write a red jerk. You know, find out he's a good guy. But this, in this case, he's not. He is really an asshole, right? That as a wrestling character, and now you just want to see him get his ass beat. But no, he's still cocky, he's still arrogant. But he's a poker player. What the fuck? If he's such a successful poker player, why is he doing pro wrestling? Why is he just competing in tournaments and winning tournaments, making money that way? Just like I've caught when I, I used to be a professional wrestling manager, and we worked a show in Antioch, California, for a company called Brawls, a short-lived promotion. But at the time, I was just getting experience as a manager. The guy I was managing, Vanessa Marco. he was getting experience. So we're just taking bookings. We're just you know we're just learning our craft. And you know me, him, and a couple other people from my my home promotion, All Pro Wrestling. We're booked on that show. So, you know, we did our thing. I, You know, being full-blood Italian, I did the Italian gimmick. Or it wasn't a gimmick for me, but Vince Marco, who had some talent in him, but he was doing the Italian gimmicks, sort of like a, a Tony D'Angelo-esque kind of deal. And, you know, we did the show. We did our match. It was fine, whatever. And the quote-unquote booker, this old vet, old veteran of the area, uh was running this promotion or one of the co-owners of this promotion, the booker of the show, he comes up and he goes, in same show, Apple bomber. He used to wrestle in XPWS Pogo the Clown. If you remember that he calls us over. He's like, Hey guys, give me cool. I dig it. Italians dig it. But what about this? What about stockbrokers? You're the stockbrokers. That's your gimmick. You're check you, the manager, you. You're checking stock at ringside. You have your phone or computer out. Blah 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 blah. And <laughs> we're being respectful, right? I'm being respectful. Like, oh cool, yeah. You know, just something to think about. Thanks. You know, Venice, who's my buddy Venice, love him, so gullible. He's like, Yeah, yeah, sounds great. Of course, do we go back, sit down in the locker room? And I'm like, no, we're not gonna do that. And I'm only like, oh, shit. Not even a year performing in the business at this time. And I'm like, nah, not gonna work. Not gonna do it. Doesn't make sense. In my head, I'm thinking this. And I'm thinking Vince Venice DeMarco already knows this as well, right? But he's like, so what do you think? He called me Rock. What do you think, Rock? What do you think? That sounds great. We get a push here. And I'm like, push what? This is just another indie. Like, you know, like we're just doing a shot. Who knows going we be brought back next week? You know, or next time. And yeah, that's cool. We, you know, we're just, it's. Just, and I'm like, plus, my like, Vince, listen, stockbrokers. If we're so good at doing stocks, why are we wrestling? You know, why are we here? If I'm so concerned with the stock, why am I here? I need to look at the stock market. I need to be in front of my computer. I need to be somewhere else than a fucking wrestling ring in Antioch, fucking California, checking stock. He goes, you know, you're right. I'm like, yes, so stupid. No, we're not going to change our our gimmick, you know, in the same area that we normally work anyways. We're already, like, you know, 45 an hour away doing this gimmick. Like, why would we – we're not even – you know, we're trying to establish this. Why would we change? For this promotion, some indie that just started? Like, no, we work for All Pro Wrestling. It's been a reliable promotion for a long time. We're not changing our gimmick. And Vince is like, oh, you're right, Rock. You're right. You're right, you know. So, same thing here. <laughs> like, wh- why would this poker player, who's such a good poker player, want to continue to be wrest? If he's wrestling, if he's if he's such a good poker player, right? He should be busy in Vegas winning tournaments or New York or Atlantic City. Where the fuck they do these poker tournaments? I don't play poker. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> it's so dumb. And then they start doing these vignettes. Like, okay, we already know he's Duke Hudson. And that he wasn't a poker player before. So now you're trying to create this new character, right? And so he finally, what? He gets in a, he gets in an altercation with Cameron Grimes. Who of course, he won the Bitcoin thing or the GameStop stock. And now he's rich. And so they have a poker match. And so on Duke Hudson's first poker game in WWE or NXT 2.0, he loses to Cameron Grimes and I'm like what the hell so he's already he's already lost it right okay and repackaging people I get it it's been done before it's going to be done in the future especially in WWF or WWE where they've done this before like for example Repo Man Barry Darso. I'll never forget this oh let's let's check out Repo Man they cut they go to the vignette right and I'm looking at it and look at this individual. I'm like, wait a second, that is just Smash from Demolition. And I'm like, what is this? Right, <laughs> like, and I'm this what? This is 1992 as well, I believe, or 90 was it 92 or 91? Yeah, 91. And I'm just, you know, what am I like? Still like just starting like junior high, right? And I'm like, not falling for this. I'm like, this is why is he now? Why is he Repo Man? What happened to Smash? But. As silly as it was, and as everyone knew that he was Smash, they still did weeks of vignettes. They still did weeks of him having get over matches to where the point we're like, okay, I'm, now I'm like, you're over it. This was Smash. Now he's a repo man. He has a cool theme song, but he's winning matches. And now he's and now when he wrestles someone of importance, he has credibility, right? So Duke Hudson, who has suffered a couple losses, gets repackaged, and right away his first deal with his gimmick, he loses. So he's done. I mean, and that's unfortunate because I believe this guy could be a future superstar, may he go somewhere else and become and, and reach that potential. Maybe a, a booker, a smart booker could will see that in him and 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 be able to showcase that. Um we'll see. But and, and I hope he still somehow finds his way through this because, like I said, I really like his work in the ring. I like what – I like what I like what you can – his future and what you can really do with him if you really get behind him. So, um, so yeah. So, all the best to two cuts in. But, and, you know, that next week he's playing another game with Cameron Grimes, another pro game, which I – I bet he doesn't even – he's going to almost lose that and he's just going to attack him, you know, and beat him up. And they're going to lead to a match the next week or at – whatever takeovers coming up next war games. I don't know. They're in the war games, probably a private singles match, but anyway, um, last on my list is, uh, you know, one of the female talent, Cora Jade. Um, I like the skater girl deal with their, with them. I think, you know, appeals to the younger group, um, has that, every, you know, that, that she gives off a vibe like a like page had when she was started off in XT. Like, you know, the, 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 you know, you, you couldn't get, the guys watching, you know, Sasha Banks was unattainable, right? You're like, oh, my God, you know. But Paige was like someone that, you know, the people could see themselves, you know, dating. You know, the, the gothic girl and you know, Cora J, the, sk- the skater girl, right? That that That's someone that's, you know, attainable, I guess, right? So, you know, again, show the vignettes, her skating, you know. She's so young. She can appeal to the younger crowd, which they're, they're trying to get. And I know they did the deal where she got an upset win over Frankie Monet, the, you know, Ty Valky, who they cut, which I still don't understand. I understand her limitations in the ring, but such a big personality. She was perfect for the main roster. Um, but you know, Corey Jade, okay, she's the underdog. She's you know, takes advantage of a heel slipping on the banana peel and gets a win. I can see that. But, you know, she gets destroyed by Dakota Kai. It wasn't a good match at all. But, you know, so, but, but like... Okay, Cora Jade, you know, that's great. She gets an upset win over Franklin A. And maybe next week she wins a match. Establishes a finisher. Again, next week she wins a match. You know, make sure you book female talent as extras, as enhancement talent that are veteran enough to carry on Cora Jade and put her over. And, just, and don't put them the match for a freaking 15 minutes and let her get lost right? No, give her three minutes, give her four, you know, give her, you know, six with with the entrance and have her have a nice little get over match, right? Like, I know people, I know a like big controversy, I remember I was talking to was that Meltzer's house, we were watching a pay-per-view, AEW, and it was a, a, a Shida versus, was it Nyla Rose or whoever it was and uh, no, it was Britt Baker and the match was just a Bad match, fell apart. It went way too long. As long as the longer, long, the longer it went, the worse it got. And because you know Britt Baker, Sheeta, just not that talented enough at this. You know they don't have the skill level enough to do a twelve minute match. But you keep them six to eight, I think it'd be a lot better. And I was explaining that to the people watching Garrett Meltzer and and you know others in in our group that goes over there and watches you know big big events with with Meltzer and. You know they're like, wow, yeah, you can't do that though. People will be upset. You know you can't you can't have them. You know people online will be upset that doing short matches. I'm like, well, fuck them. I'm sorry to say, guys. Like, I rather as a booker, I always book to the strengths of the talent that I had. Right? If I knew they couldn't go 12 minutes, I wouldn't put them in that position. Right? Even if I had a veteran, I know I could probably carry. Okay, man, it all depends on the veteran. If I had like Oliver John versus a young talent, and I I wanted to get fifteen, like you know, I wanted something like that to happen. I probably wouldn't do this. It'd be when it happened, but I'm just saying, I did. I will feel confident enough in Oliver John to 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 get that over and can help that young kid get through that match because Ollie was such a good leader in there um same with thatcher same with my buddy jj perez uh, a bunch of others right but i most likely wouldn't do that i would keep it still shorter maybe a little longer than i would if it was a him and another green guy but like you know the green guy and another green guy but still like plays their strengths and i i know these girls want to do this epic championship matches for the title but dude you know it's going to fall apart I don't know how Tony Khan does not see this. I know Britt Baker's over; she's over personality. I get that, but on one, when it comes to the ring, she just doesn't deliver. It's always a sloppy mess. It always falls apart. Um, so keep it short. I really like. I said I'd rather have them have a really good eight-minute match than a really bad fifteen-minute match. So Cora Jade, I would protect her with shorter matches and get her over the crowd by winning. Get them there, Get behind her. You. Fans won't get behind losers. Right? You they have to win. So lose debuting one week and losing in two weeks later is not gonna get it done. Right? So and I know it's the same theme with everyone on my list. Oh, yeah, you know, just have them win. Of course, that's gonna work. Of course. That's my point. That's what it that's what it does. That's what people that's how you get it done. It's it's simple, folks. It is booking is tough. I will, you know, it's not for everyone. But it's also simple if you really study it and you really just learn from what people's mistakes. Of course, learn from my own. I've learned from my own mistakes. At one time, fuck, I booked, I booked this guy to just get squashed by uh, this guy, big old guy Malachi, who was a pretty good talent that just, she's unfortunately just lost passion for wrestling. But, and I booked this one guy, and I figured. I just need him to get his ass kicked, right? And I and I didn't do my research. I just figured, dude, the guy can get his ass kicked, right? Brought him in, and it was one of the worst squash matches or get over matches I've ever seen. I was embarrassed, and it was so bad that even Roland Alexander, the owner of All Wrestling, came and said, "Where in the fuck did you find that guy?" And I was so bad. And I just said, from now on, I'm never going to just take things for granted, do my research, right? But also, like, beyond just knowing your talent, like, you know, studying wrestling, starting wrestling history. You know, I, you know, I, I think what made myself a good booker was the fact that, you know, I didn't just watch current stuff. I watched the, the past. I watched – I not only watched the good territories, like, you know, Mid-South, Mid-Atlantic – World class when it was hot, Memphis when it was hot. But I also watch crappy territories because I want to see what they were doing wrong. Why was there crappy territory? Why didn't it last? Why didn't this gimmick last? Why didn't this worker work out? You know, like I I think that was a very valuable thing to do. And I just submerged myself in watching footage and and learning and reading and and uh, you know some of those shoot interviews, you know Jim Cornette and you know. A lot of those stuff really like just kind of put everything together. You get all this information, you kind of put it together for your style, what you want to do, and learn from those lessons that they shared, and and apply them to what you're, you're booking. And like to me, it all all that stuff, kind of footage, hearing uh, from past bookers, successful bookers, and all kind of for me, world. just came into one book, and I was rushing at the chase with Larry Matisic and it just centered me. Keep it simple. And so what I'm talking about here, yeah, it's all keep it simple because that's what you you do. Keep it simple. Introduce the characters with vignettes. You know, at the minimum, at the minimum for television, I would say three weeks. You know, four, even better. A whole month. Really build that anticipation up. And then six weeks of winning matches get over matches, you know, make people believe in these winners. So as them as winners. So when they start wrestling the next tier up, the mid carters, they go over them and they get over and they start building momentum and people start, can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to, um, you know, Tony D'Angelo, to wrestle Tommaso Ciampa when they can get to that level. Uh, Von Wagner I can't wait till he gets to that level right when he because I know he's winning some match oh he actually he lost he took the pitfall shit I forgot to and I believe it was Imperium like okay he's already losing you know I know it was like a controversial finish but still he's already had his shoulders down he just fucking showed up people you know I think he actually lost a four-way match which ah uh, man just it's what happens when the wrestling people have stopped to get in control of the product. And that's what we're seeing now with NXT 2.0. And it's been frustrating. And I hope, you know, and right now that there's a good way to end it. Just, I know Garrett was laughing last episode on the fight game podcast with uh, on the observer website. He's like, every time we talk, every time you say something on, you end it with a sigh when it comes to NXT. And I'm like, cause that's what the NXT 2.0 has been for me. A whole big sigh. Like, oh man, there's a there's hopes of like potential and I really like they're doing braun breaker I think they're doing but that's that's one guy and there's so much they so much they could do to really improve this product and really put on a put benefit everyone on the show so thanks again for listening um, to our new fight game media uh network feed our free feed um please check out our patreon please uh, join and subscribe and support it's five dollars a lot of great shows on there um the uh, impact which also have, a, we'll have a, fee, a free show on this great impact podcast Garrett and I do a raw retro raw review of right now we're, we're, we're getting towards the end of 1997 we're gonna talk about the Montreal Screwjob coming up um, next year in uh, 2022, we're continuing with Raw 98. At the same time, the Bracer Impact guys, Mike Gilbert, J D Oliva are going to be doing. Um, they're going to be doing uh, uh, Nitro 1988. So we're, you can compare those two as we're talking about the shows. Uh, there's MMA, boxing. Uh, you know, if you guys like Joshi wrestling, there's a great podcast with Scott on that. Like there's a lot of cool stuff. So please check it out. Five bucks, you know, not the biggest investment. And it it goes to a good cause, you know, a good, a good team. I should say, I want to say a good cause. We're like, what's the charity? The charity is us and it helps us support this group and support this podcast. So, um, that we, we, and we and for those who are subscribers the patreon thank you so much thank you for your continued support and thank you for spreading the word we, we greatly appreciate it and i hope you guys enjoyed this this show of take it home podcast and next week i'm going to get back probably back to my uh my uh normal routine of covering some shows and and you know i like this show i probably should talk about angstk um i quickly say hey go out watch the last two episodes um, Ginny and Miyako Satomura was a, just a great, uh, a great match. One of the best female matches of the year. Flash Morgan Webster versus Rampage Brown was really good. There's a great angle with Rampage Brown and Elia Dragunov, the NXT UK champion. Um, this week's episode, there's a, there's a wild four way tag team match. Um, and also there was a great junior heavyweight match, uh, modern day junior heavyweight match between, you know, M- Mark Andrews and Nathan Frazier. So great stuff. Um, and, you know, definitely support that show. That's like the only good wrestling show left on the network I feel like these days. So we got to support it, man. We don't want NXT UK go anywhere because that would make me a real sad, sad wrestling fan. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for support. Take care.